Welcome back in for another week of Fat Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. Bo Finley here as always with my co-host Brant Walker. Uh, you know, let's let's go ahead and get right into the week nine recap. Kind of a boring week really overall. Um, there was tons of big performers that I feel like we have to give a nod to. Uh, three uh, in particular from that Thursday night game, the Packers against uh, San Fran. Aaron Rodgers came out and had another wonderful performance. He had 305 yards passing, four touchdowns. Devontae Adams did more Devontae Adams things this year, 173 yards, one touchdown, but was outshined in the receiver aspect by a relatively unknown player on the opposite end of the field, Richie James. Richie? I've been calling him Rick James all week. Richie James, 184 yards receiving with one touchdown. Huge performance there out of him. Uh, Some other big players uh, that made some uh, big plays this week. Jerry Judy finally came out and looked worthy of his first-round pick. 125 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Walker, this one's going to sting a little bit. But uh, Josh Allen came out, 415 yards, three touchdowns, and another run rushing. Uh, DJ Chark. Do, 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 do. Had 146 yards, one touchdown. The return of Christian McCaffrey saw 69 yards on the ground, one touchdown, another 82 yards uh, in receiving with one touchdown there as well. Definitely helped out Teddy Bridgewater's absolutely, numbers. Absolutely. May have hurt some of the other receivers there, uh, but definitely was nice to see CMC back on the field. Tyreek Hill, 113 yards, two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, another monster performance, 206 yards rushing, two touchdowns, 46 yards through the air. He is definitely encroaching on Alvin Kamara as the number one running back in fantasy. Uh, and in, if he keeps up this performance, he'll be there in no time. Uh, um, he still has a lot of in-division games to play he there. He does. So. He does. Tough defenses. Uh, speaking of uh, time, uh, two a time, we finally got a good look at that this, this week. Looked good. Looked real good, especially on that last drive of the game. 248 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Tua was great, got the dub. Uh, But as far as individual performances go, the quarterback on the opposite side of the field probably had the best game of the week. 283 yards through the air, three touchdowns. 106 yards rushing, one touchdown. If you were lucky enough to have Kyler Murray in your lineup last week, the man put up stats that were great for a quarterback. And also put up stats that would have been great for a running back. If I started a running back that got 106 yards and a touchdown, I'd be a happy man. Uh, You're talking you got QB1 and RB1 numbers out of one player. One player. The last one I'm going to bring up is more so a shot at you, Walker, than it is anything else. Uh, Don't second-guess yourself if you've got a hunch. Play who you think you should play. Jacoby Myers at 169 yards. Through the air last night and would have won somebody in particular their, their fantasy matchup. Had him in all week and went with old Jamison Crowder. Yeah, so there were some big. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Walker, about that, but there were some big performers this week. Some guys that you expected it from, and some guys you didn't. Uh, not a whole lot of injuries to report on. You got your David Johnson had a concussion. Uh, Dave Montgomery, I think, got a concussion. Matthew Stafford got a concussion. Matthew right? Stafford. Uh, Christian McCaffrey went down with a shoulder injury. He's considered day-to-day. We've seen that on a few names that have missed a few weeks. Absolutely. Um, I, there's not a whole lot more, is you got, there? You got to see the return of uh, three pretty high-prolific receivers this week. Uh, the first one was a dud in uh, Des Bryant. 
Uh, played what three percent of snaps? Three percent of snaps. He got he got to put a helmet on. He definitely came into that game looking ready. Had the Mamba jersey on. Had all of his drip on, and uh, didn't do anything worth noting. No. Um, the next return from injuries, or the next return of the prominent receivers, was Antonio Brown. Wish I had more to say about that game, but uh, Tom Brady did not look like Tom Brady. Uh, the New Orleans defense was smothering, and there wasn't much to say about uh, Antonio Brown. Kind of cool to see him back, uh, just purely as a football standpoint. Hope he's got his mind right and can stick around. And uh, Michael Thomas, five receptions, 51 yards. Nothing special there again, but again, New Orleans didn't have to throw. Yeah. But nonetheless, cool to see all those three guys back on the field. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Getting all your, getting all your high-profile names back out there. Just in time for playoffs. Just in time for playoffs, yeah. Fantasy playoffs. We're getting closer to those. We're also getting closer to the fantasy trade deadline. Yeah, ours is uh, week 13 in our dynasty. Uh, most of them, I think, are week 12 oh, in most leagues. 11 or 12, yeah. I believe. So Some of them have already came and gone. Yeah, I noticed so, that in one of my leagues. They were week 9, which was crazy. So if, if, if you haven't passed your trade deadline yet, we're going to throw out some options for you here in a little while. Uh, as to how maybe to, to either improve your team or, or sell off your team, uh, depending on what format you're in. Um, but before we do that, let's get into the value menu of the week. We got some names to, to look at on the waiver wire, as always. Absolutely, absolutely. Another injury we did miss was Preston Williams. Yes, he went down. Yes. I think he's considered day to day or week to week. Tua seemed to, to look his way quite often the first uh, couple quarters there. So that's going to jump me straight into the value menu. I'm going to go ahead and jump out with Jakeem Grant. Looked like he was going to be the beneficiary of it. Not only will, if you get Jakeem Grant and Williams missed time, Jakeem Grant could step in, might, might have Tua's eye. Uh, but he also is a kick and punt returner. So if he happens to get a tutty there or or if you, some leagues count stats for yards there, um, he could definitely uh, help you out there. Yeah. Uh, Jakeem Grant's one of the names I got. Yeah, Miami is, especially with a uh, fairly young receiving core, uh, fairly uh, unestablished receiving core and a rookie quarterback coming in that we've only got to see two weeks of, you never know who's going to be the guy there. And technically, you only got to see one week. He didn't have to do much that first no, week. No, he did not. You're, you're absolutely correct. Uh, I'm going to go on the flip side of, of, of that and another injury. David Johnson got the concussion. If he happens to miss time this week, Duke Johnson's a guy you got to look at. He is owned in 81% of leagues, so there's there's some chance you might be able to get him. Uh, if you have him on your team, he may be a guy you look to plug in. He's going to catch uh, passes. He's a PPR stud, and he's going to get some groundwork as well. And he's going in with a, a revenge game, if I believe I read that right. He gets to yes. play the Browns, so a little revenge game absolutely, for him. Absolutely. Not a great defense as and, far as against the running back either. So definitely something worth noting there. So I'm going to go out with another receiver if uh, it's, it's going to be a little crazy to talk about this team. Uh, Cam Sims has been working the last two weeks for Washington. He's a wide receiver out there in Washington. He's been working the last two weeks as the number two wide receiver. Um I think it was uh, 89% of snaps uh, three weeks ago before their bye and 75 this week as the number two. They get Alex Smith is going to be the starting quarterback. Alex Smith likes to throw. He looked pretty decent this past week. Uh, Cam Sims, another name. Go ahead and pick up. Stash down there on your bench. See if see if maybe him and – maybe it's him and Alex Smith that have the chemistry. Uh, the, there's also um, – Steve Smith, Stephen Smith is on that team Sims, too. Stephen Sims. Sims, sorry, yes. two Sims. Sims. So Sims. yeah, so Confusing. don't get him confused. Cam Sims has been working as the two. Uh, the other Sims could possibly be a stash. You just got to wait. I think Washington's pass offense is about to get a huge upgrade. Yeah, and you know, I'm my next value menu guy is none other than Alex Smith himself. Uh, owned in 21 percent of leagues, 
Again, bye weeks are still happening. You got Mahomes on a bye week. You got uh, Matt Ryan on a bye week. Uh, you got Sam Darnold on a bye week. And <laughs> or Flacco, whichever one you want to choose. Or whoever the hell the Cowboys trot out. Um, hopefully you're not having to play that situation. We're talking uh, about Gilbert kept him in the game. Gilbert did look decent. <laughs> he did look okay. I, I, will, I will give him the nod there against a tough Pittsburgh defense. But nonetheless, Alex Smith. Um, again, great, great story, if nothing else, him coming back from that gruesome injury. Um, the one thing I will say about Alex Smith to be cautious about to an extent is he's not a flashy quarterback. There's not going to be a lot of deep passes thrown. So if you are the Terry McLaurin owner, you may want to watch that. Um, there will be some PPR studs come out of that Washington offense with him under center, though, because there will be a chance for high receptions. Yards after catch, uh, I do think he'll manage the game better. Um, not typically or a typical Ron Rivera quarterback. No. Um, but again, owned in twenty one percent of leagues. So if you need a spot fill this week, or if you're just wanting to roll the dice and picking somebody up to hold um, because you're not happy with your quarterback performance to this point, Alex Smith is a name to look at. Another name. I'm going to go with another quarterback. Do the fact that you do have Mahomes on by and Ryan on by. Uh, Drew Locke out there in Denver's. Outstanding last two weeks. He may start off rough and patchy, but he seems to bring that fourth quarter fire with him. So uh, Drew Locke definitely has been uh, pretty good. Pretty good the last two weeks. They got a uh, they got the Raiders this week, so that could be a nice little tasty matchup for him. Raiders don't have a great secondary, so and and I, I want to bring up. We were talking about Washington. I'm going to rewind just a little bit here. Washington. What kind of story you think that would be with Alex Smith coming in? You're in the NFC lease there, and he brings the Washington Washington football team to the playoffs. That'd be crazy to see. You know, I'd I, cheer for the kid. I, I, I'm going to root for him in that division, um, mainly because who could stand to root for the Cowboys? Right. Right. Um, I think the, the the Washington football team, the WFT, definitely has the best defense in that division. Absolutely, absolutely. Definitely the best front seven at the very least. And they got two amazing running backs there. They got Gibson and McKissick. McKissick's been operating as the PPR. Gibson has been going down in his numbers, but still getting the snaps. Finding the end zone still. Yeah, absolutely. And McKissick's going to be a PPR stud. Um, I throw him down there on the value menu. Things could get exciting there in, uh, in Washington. So – I'm going to wrap up my value menu with a guy I hit on earlier. Uh, I'm sure he's going to fly off the waivers this week after his performance. He's owned in 6% of the leagues. That is Richie James from San Francisco. Again, Thursday night against a decent Packers secondary, 184 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Nate Mullins and him definitely seemed like they had a connection. Uh, Again, you did have the false positive that kept out – Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne is back on the COVID list as of today. Really? Okay, yes. interesting. Brandon Ayuk yeah. will be back. Uh, Debo, I believe he's still week to week, so I'm sure he will come back at some point. But it's worth noting and worth watching. Um, Richie James could be a great addition. Uh, not somebody I'd necessarily want to throw in and start unless I was in a desperation mode. But if you're there, injuries have been bad this year. COVID's ran rampant this year. Uh, he's definitely a name of a guy you could throw in and, and possibly start. So, speaking of COVID, we're talking over here about the COVID. I don't know if you saw this, missed it. Pittsburgh Steelers had a little case of the COVID. Old Vance McDonald came down with it. That put um, uh, Big Ben there on the COVID list. Uh, keep an eye. If he has five straight negatives, he'll be good to play just like Stafford was this week. Keep an eye on your Pittsburgh team. 
Uh, we all saw how that worked out last year. Ben, uh, ben also, worth noting, suffered a pretty nasty knee injury. That he did, yeah. Uh, he ended up leaving and didn't finish the half out as under center Mason Rudolph did. Uh, Lord help us all if Mason Rudolph is under center, and I don't think anybody wants to see that. No, no. Um, but, yeah, definitely COVID is always something to keep an eye on, especially with your short weeks, your, your Indianapolis and Tennessee game. It could be devastating if either one of those teams gets at Tennessee again. Yeah, I'd be – that would that would stink. Uh, with Pittsburgh, honestly, if they have to roll out Mason Rudolph, I think Johnson's your receiver. You start there. Yeah. He seemed to eye him last year. Um, it was good to see Juju get back in form this week uh, with Big Ben. Uh, so, but make sure you guys keep out there, keep an eye on that Cincy Pittsburgh game. Um, since he's got a tough battle to uh, go against, if you're riding the Joe Burrow train, uh, he looked. Pretty shaky against Baltimore, but then came back against Indy's good defense and had a good week. Um, so it, I'm going to try to see of, if coming off a of bye, I, I think Joey B will be okay. Yeah. They'll come out with a good game plan, and let's let's not act like uh, the miserable Dallas team didn't find holes in That's, that Pittsburgh yeah. defense. That is all true. right. Let's let's get into it. Let's have some fun again. We we mentioned earlier that the trade deadline is approaching in a lot of leagues. Uh, if you play fantasy, one of the, the best things about it, obviously the best thing to do in fantasy is win. But in my opinion, the second best thing to do is make trades. I Absolutely. love trading. It's what, the, it's what fantasy is all about. At the end of the day, it, it makes everything fun. Um, trade deadlines are, are, are fast approaching. So what Walker and I are going to do, we're going to throw out some names. We're going to tell you why you should trade for this person or why you should trade that person if you're the owner and what that team, that player could do for your fantasy team if you end up landing them. Um, so, Walker, you want to go ahead and, and, and get us kicked off on that? Absolutely. A name that I think is good to trade for is Tyler Lockett. We've only, uh, Seattle's only played two divisional games. They played Arizona, three-touchdown game. DK was, was there but wasn't there. Uh, Tyler Lockett then will get the Rams this week. He still has Arizona again. He has San Francisco again, who has a bottom-tier defense. He'll have the Rams two times, I'm sorry. So, Tyler Lockett's another guy. He's, he knows this division. He knows where the holes are on a lot of these defenses. I think Tyler Lockett gets back to form. Um, I don't think you're going to see many more of the three touchdown games, 200 yards. But Tyler Lockett is definitely a top – He's, he's definitely a high wide receiver, too. Could possibly be a low-end yes. wide receiver, one. And he's put up two, two cruddy weeks since the, um, since the Arizona game. So, Tyler Lockett's somebody I would definitely look to buy low on and help your team. Okay, so let's take this a step further. If, if, you, if somebody's listening and says, you know what, I want Tyler Lockett, what does Tyler Lockett cost? Tyler Lockett, I think right now, with the way he's put up, I mean, he's he, maybe a wide receiver, too, top um, – I mean, Christian Kirk, you could probably ship off, and maybe Christian Kirk with maybe a little smaller pieces. Christian Kirk's another name that's had huge weeks coming up, but does he stay consistent? That's I mean, that's the thing. Um, you could probably ship off. Uh, you could probably ship off Antonio Brown with the hype train going on for Tyler Lockett. There's a. I think I would probably focus on your your wide receiver two stats and maybe throw in a small flex play. Uh, we run a dual flex, so number two flex would be a good one to go. Um, but you got to look at what the, oh, the Tyler Lockett owner has and, and see what he needs to improve on. Because you want to improve both teams because then these trades are so much better. If you can improve both teams, even if you're getting a stud wide receiver, but you're giving away other pieces that they might need to fill in their void. Yeah, absolutely. And if it trades somewhat even, if, if your league has vetoes, that will, that will keep the, the vetoers at bay. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the quarterback position in general. Um, 
there, there's three guys I've got written down that I that I think are trade candidates. Um, some you could buy low on, some you're buying a little higher on. Uh, I'm going to start at the bottom of it. I've got three names written down, and uh, I'll, I'll read them off. And Walker, you can tell me which one will be most desirable, or uh, and what you would trade for that player, and then which one you would rather, if you had, would trade. Okay, so the bottom one, I think, uh, he's the number 15 QB right now. Uh, Lamar Jackson could be a huge bounce back candidate. Uh, number two, Ryan Tannehill. He's the number 12 quarterback right now. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's never been a guy you look at in fantasy until he came to Tennessee, and he's looked great in his time there. Adam especially, Gase curse. Yes, the curse of Adam Gase. And then number one is Matt Ryan. A lot of shade thrown at his name this year, but he's he's quietly the number nine quarterback in PPR. Uh, should get Calvin Ridley back after the bye. So those are the three names I, I've got written down for the quarterback. Um, again, I will say it's worth noting all three of those quarterbacks have fairly easy playoff schedules as far as fantasy playoff weeks go. Um, so which one would you, if you ha- if you had all three of those on your team, which one would you want to sell and why? Uh, I want to sell Lamar Jackson. I, he just It looks like the NFL has figured him out. It looks like these defenses figured him out, and they're forcing him to pass. He's obviously not the greatest of passers. He's getting it done some games. But Lamar Jackson, you, you if you got Lamar Jackson, you probably wasted a third or fourth round pick on him you're not going to get the return value as you ship him. Once again, Lamar Jackson, you could probably get namesake alone. And, you know, he's – where did you say he was, number 15? 15. Uh, that that hurts a lot because of where you drafted him. Um, I'm not giving up a top 10 – or I pro, let's, let's, let me backtrack that. I'm not giving up a top 20 receiver for him. I'm not giving up a top 15 running back for him. It might be one of those that you have to package something. And there's, there's a good chance that – Whoever's got Lamar Jackson is willing to sell him off just because they're frustrated with him. So you could possibly get Lamar Jackson if you believe that he will rebound or you think there's a chance he will. You could probably get Lamar for, you know, another quarterback in a, in a small piece. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, a lot of people are still high on him, though. A lot of people are name, value alone, are going to yes. want a lot for him. So. If you if you feel that he's going to bounce back, then definitely throw some feelers out for him because a lot of people are frustrated with him. I had him in two leagues. I took him in a super flex league in the first round. Uh, that has bit me into booty. Uh, I was able to ship him off for uh, – I think that was Josh Allen I shipped him off who then played by Seahawks and completely destroyed them. Um, but, yeah, uh, Lamar Jackson, name base alone, it, it's hard to trade people that you drafted in the first three rounds. Uh, my most desirable to go after, especially if your league has bonuses for 300 yards passing, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, number nine QB. He's been a stud. Uh, you probably, if you have him, you probably got him late. I say absolutely hold on to him. That division is nothing but throwing. Uh, Tampa Bay does have a good secondary. New Orleans proved that they can play a great secondary. But yeah, definitely, I would, I would definitely, if if you need a QB, Matt Ryan's a guy I would definitely go after. But you might have to pay up. If anybody, if the if the owner's paying very close attention, you may have to pay up for him. But he definitely could win you some titles. You know, it, it's it's funny. Um, we we bring up our dynasty uh, uh, league that we're in um, somewhat often. But at one point in time in this dynasty league, the three quarterbacks I mentioned were owned by the same guy. Yes. Um, so that again, if if you're in a position where you need to acquire a quarterback because say your team is doing okay. Uh, you're in playoff contention, and you're a quarterback, a, a solid quarterback play away from being there with the big dogs in your league. Um, any one of those three guys could be something worth noting and going after. Um, 
so it, it's it's definitely it, it's definitely something you'd want to take a look at. Again, I, I I'm kind of the same way you are, um, to, with the exception I think Ryan Tannehill would be the one that I'd shy away from. Uh, I do think as it starts getting colder outside and, and snowy weather in Tennessee that you'll see more Derrick Henry than you do Ryan Tannehill. Absolutely. Um, I still think I still think Ryan Tannehill has the weapons though. He does. He does have the weapons. Johnny Smith. Corey Davis, A.J. Brown. Absolutely. And, again, having Derrick Henry means the team's going to have to respect the run. Yep. It, it helps. I, I'm going to go out and say Matt Ryan and, and Lamar Jackson, even as a Falcons fan, is, is a toss-up to me. Um, you're 100% right. Lamar Jackson's not gotten it done uh, through the air this year, but he's also got a ton of turnovers, uh, and more specifically fumbles. He's fumbled the ball away a lot when he takes off and runs. If he starts holding on to the ball and throwing just two touchdowns a game, he can still keep the yardage low. Um, but with his running ability, if he can just find the end zone once or twice through the air, he's going to easily get back into the top ten. Uh, and, again, he does have a fairly easy um, playoff schedule. Matt Ryan obviously has the good weapons and he has proven himself. He's been a top-five quarterback in a lot of years in fantasy. Um, getting up there in age, though, so you, you, have to, you have to hesitate on that slightly. Um, so we'll go ahead and move on. Go ahead. Let's see the running back yeah, names. Yeah. So running back names. These. This is um, the running back position as a whole is, in my mind, a little bit more important than a quarterback. Um, good running backs are harder to come by. Um, you got your premier running backs. Uh, you've got your premier quarterbacks too. But if you have a, a lower tier quarterback, you can still go out and get twenty points from a lower tier quarterback and win leagues if you have a decent enough team around. Absolutely. Them. Absolutely. Um, but I, I digress. My three, my running backs that I've got written down, um, I will say that number, at number three, I've got a pair. I'd want to have both of them if I was going to acquire, but it's Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. Um, the reason I say that is because it's a non we'll, – we'll, what I'll say is you've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's the premier running back by committee. You'd love to own both of them. You'd love to play both of them. You can play them both every week. Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, same thing, but we'll call Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt on steroids. Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay are your Gatorade in comparison to steroids. Going to help your performance, but nonetheless. The, Mel- the Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay duo is outstanding because in that division, what do you want to do? You want to keep that ball out of the quarterback's hands. You got your Patrick Mahomes, you got your Derek Carr playing a premier, premier year this year. Um, you got your Justin Herbert, who's absolutely tearing it up. So in that league, you want to run, 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 run. That's absolutely. how you want to. That's how you can beat these teams. We saw the Raiders do it, I believe. Uh, Jacobs and between Jacobs and Booker, they had thirty uh, some carries against the the, the Chiefs. So absolutely, uh, Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. Uh, they may not be your RB ones and twos like you can do with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, but definitely you can plug in one as your as your RB two and one as your flex. That's a, that's an amazing combo to pair up. Right, and it's worth noting uh, Philip Lindsay's a little bit further down, but Melvin Gordon is ranked inside the top twenty five. He's number twenty five on the nose. Uh, he did miss a game uh, with that DUI issue, um, but I, I do think that owning the two of them, I would have to own both of them to be comfortable. Um, but th- those are guys I feel like you could get fairly cheap, maybe a, a, a top 30 receiver, you know, um, or whatever. Um, number two, I've got James Conner, who is the number 12 running back in PPR formats right now. Um, don't, let, don't let this bad week fool you. They went in and they wanted to rest Conner. Yeah. They came in 
uh, Tomlin said that they were going to rest Connor. They did. So, which, which, and they did. They stuck to that game plan, minus the fact they were losing for most of that game. James Conner has been absolutely amazing for fantasy this year, especially at the value you probably got him in your draft. He probably slid to the fifth, sixth round in a lot of drafts. Uh, James Conner is definitely somebody I would go after if you could. Or if you have James Conner, I I think James Conner is good enough uh, in name value and where he's at this season to trade for uh, a decent receiver or whatever your your issues of need may be, if you have him, you can flip him for a if good. If you're piece. stacked at running backs, if you can afford to shop James Conner, you probably get a nice little nice little return on him. That is that's absolutely number one. I've got which is is probably you're going to probably be surprised to hear me say this, but it's none other than Josh Jacobs, number ten right now in PPR formats. Uh, as the Josh Jacobs owner in two different leagues that I'm in, I will make an argument for why you might consider trading him. Um, uh, John Gruden has come out saying they want to lessen his workload after saying all offseason that they wanted to increase his workload, get him involved in the pass catching game. He's not really caught a lot of passes this year. Um, he scored six touchdowns, which definitely add to him being the number 10 at this point. You take those six touchdowns away, he's probably not in the top 20. Um, playoff schedule is there, very easy playoff schedule. Uh, Really one that makes you drool if Devontae Booker and Jalen Richard weren't getting the workload that they have been. Um, Josh Jacobs, I feel like you could trade and get. He's a big name. He's young. In a dynasty, you're going to get more of a return for him than you will in a redraft. He's number 10 running back. In a redraft, you're going to get a lot for him, You're going to get a lot for him. Especially Um, when you see that he's getting 20 carries a game. But yeah, there's really no, there's not a whole lot of password. Jo- now, Josh Jacobs, if, if if I'm trading him though, I'm I'm expecting a Julio Jones, a DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett type of player in return. I, I'm expecting a big player in return. Otherwise, I don't move him. But that's the price you pay to pl- to tr- make trades in fantasy. Now, now I'm going to go on the other side of this and and say Jacobs might be somebody you may want to go after. I understand they want to lower his workload, but like you said, juicy playoff schedule. Um, 20 touches a game, and what's again in that division? You want to run, run, run. Uh, definitely, if you're going to trade him, you're going to look for big names like that because he's a, he's a top 10 running back. He's Absolutely. a number one running back. You're training a number one running back. Um, so, But I, I love Jacobs for the rest of the year. 20-plus um, carries every game. Hopefully he does get back involved in the passing game. Hopefully he can start finding the end zone a little bit more too. Um but yeah, they definitely have let Booker and Richard get in there. So, but yeah, Jacobs is another name that if you you could ship him for a big name if you need that help, or you can hold on to him and he could he could possibly win you championships. What was it? Week one, he had what two touchdowns, twenty four carries. I think he had a couple catches there too. That game's not out of reach at any time. Absolutely, yeah. That's the the Josh Jacobs deal is you're getting. A, a lesser version of Derrick Henry. Same, similar game style. Don't catch a ton of passes. Pound the rock. The thing with Josh Jacobs is you got to hope he finds the end zone. He's gonna get if he doesn't find the end zone, he's gonna get you 15 points a week. If he finds the end zone, you could see those 30 point games like he had in the first couple weeks. But again, he's got to find the end zone to be that guy. Um, definitely some names there again that we we mentioned. There's probably several others. Uh, but those those names that we just mentioned are definitely trade targets or 
guys that you could look to move and get a decent return for in, in, in return. I want to throw a name out. When we talk about adding another little piece and everything, this name right here could be that little piece. Uh, Mike Williams there and, and for the Chargers. Wide receiver, he's not the number one. Herbert loves to throw. Mike Williams getting targets. He could be that little piece that you throw into. Say you, you need a Josh Jacobs and you trade him for we'll just say a, a, a smaller name receiver than Julio, T, DK, or Tyler. You trade him for a smaller name receiver and Mike Williams. Then you get possibly two wide receiver twos in return. And then guess what? You're putting one on your wide receiver two. You're putting one on your flex. You're getting Mike, Mike Williams points. is a guy, if I had Mike Williams and I wanted a running back, I would definitely try to ship Mike Williams straight up. I think he's got enough value for Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Yes. That would be a great trade yes. to make right there. Um, again, what, what you're offering for a player also, you have to, when you make a trade, you have to go in and look at the other team's need. Obviously, if you're in a position of strength and receiver and you want, say you got your eyes set on Josh Jacobs, but that team you're looking at is set at receiver and they have no running backs outside of Josh Jacobs, you're probably not getting Josh Jacobs for a couple receivers. No. Because that guy's going to need running backs in return. But if you go to a guy like that has Josh Jacobs and say he's got, you know, um, Christian McCaffrey and uh, Joe Mixon, he probably can trade out of that running back depth a little bit, and then it becomes interesting, and you can move. So again, it, it's it's there's a lot of moving pieces and parts you got to look at when you go to make a trade. Got to be willing to negotiate a little bit and uh, and have some conversations, which is again the fun part. You feel like a real GM, yeah. um, except for there's no uh, possibility of getting fired if you make a bad <laughs> trade. Um, I don't know. There's there's a few trades this year I wouldn't mind firing myself. Well, yeah, we won't we won't uh, beat you up too bad about those right now. Um, let's let's move on into the receiving uh, receiving targets that you might want to look at here. Um, I've got three interesting names written down. Again, the receiving core uh, world out there is so much broader than the running back because every team's got one, two, or three guys that they mix in and passing, and you never know who's going to be the big big one that week. So it's, it's definitely a little more interesting uh, and, and a little deeper. A little riskier to go out as a receiver. Absolutely. Um, the first one, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name him, and then I'm actually going to dive into it a little bit before I name the other two, but Jarvis Landry. He sits at the number 47 overall right now, and there's a big reason behind that. The big reason is OBJ was getting force-fed targets prior to his injury. They played one game without OBJ, and then they had a bye week. So Landry's the number 47 right now. That's going to go up with OBJ out. Absolutely. He's going to be the natural recipient there. He's a guy you can probably get fairly cheap. Most people probably haven't been playing him to this point. Again, he's the number 47, so he's not a guy you have to have in your lineup week in and week out. Um, great playoff schedule, really juicy uh, for the passing game. So he's a he's a definite t- candidate that you'd want to look at at acquiring. Um, if you have him, I don't think you expect a big return for him. Um He's probably not a guy I'd want to lead discussions. I wouldn't want to go up in a, in a group chat in my league or um, if you're on the sleeper app, I wouldn't want to go out and announce that he's on the board because you're probably not going to get a lot of great offers. But he's somebody I would shop. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he's definitely going to be there at number one there in Cleveland. And now they don't have to force feed the ball. So uh, Landry's definitely going to rise up. Um, I mean, they got Higgins there, so they do have another receiver. But, yeah, I think Landry, I mean uh, – he finished top 20 real wide receiver last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Had 1,000 yards receiving last year. Yeah, and so. that was with OBJ. Correct. So this year, again, he's by himself. So, yeah, Landry's definitely a name I would probably go out and get. He may lead you. He may come out and 
finish in the top 15, top he, 10. He's definitely a guy that you For the want. remaining of the year, top yes. 15, top 10. He's definitely a guy that you could get fairly cheap. Another one that I think you could get fairly cheap uh, is Devontae Parker. He's the number 32 wide receiver this year. Walker and I had a uh, a bet that's not looking great for me at this point prior to the season. I thought uh, Devontae Parker would finish higher than Robert Woods. That's not necessarily over at this point, but it's looking in Walker's favor. Uh, but I digress. Um, two weeks with Tua so far. He's had seven receptions, so nothing crazy to write home about. One touchdown in two weeks uh, and 70 yards receiving in those two weeks with Tua. Uh, Devontae Parker definitely looked to be the number two option behind uh, Preston Williams before he got hurt. But again, it, it is also worth noting that Devontae Parker was shattered, shadowed by Patrick Peterson, who's been decent this year. Uh, Peterson put a, put a stop to the DK train for he, a little bit. He did. Um, so it's not necessarily to say that Parker is, uh, is, is trending down or, or anything of that nature. I still think he moves into the top 25 before season's end. He's got really great matchups down the stretch. He's got the Jets during the playoff uh, window, which you know you start anything against the Jets. Yeah, I mean, look what Jacoby Myers just did. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> salt in the open wound there for you again. Uh, but Parker's another name that you could get, I believe, fairly cheap um, in most situations. Another another name that he's probably not being played on most teams that he's rostered on. Um, I, yeah, I've, I've kept him on the bench of the two leagues I do own him in. I own him in, in a league as well, and I've I've had to trot him out a couple of times due to injuries, uh, and I've not been real so, real solidly impressed with his performance. Uh, he Look did, what he did at the end of last year, also though. That's when he got going last year. He, he got uh, him and Ryan Fitzpatrick got a great connection there towards the end of the year, and he got it figured out. And he could get that connection with two of There's absolutely nothing saying he can't. Absolutely, that's it, a, a wide open uh, for the number one there in Miami at this point. I would I would say since uh, we're since we're on Miami before you move on, uh, Mike Gesicki I think definitely is going to trend upwards due to the fact of no Williams there. Um, so the target's got to go somewhere. Parker, Gasecki, both are trending up towards uh, a great plays. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the number one receiver I have that would be a great uh, trade candidate this this uh, this week or, or moving into your bye weeks, uh, probably more so this week than anything, uh, Terry McLaurin. Uh, Scary Terry is a name that I would love to trade for, but I would be cautious in trading for him. Again, we mentioned earlier Alex Smith doesn't have the arm for the deep ball. So Terry McLaurin's had success on the deep ball in, in the past. Uh, he's, he's been the recipient of, of, in the two years he's been in the league, several 50-yard touchdown catches. Um, but he's a guy that hits his projection every week some way. He finds a way, whether it is that, that deep catch for a touchdown or you know four or five catches where he puts 10 yards after the catch, whatever the case may be. Scary Terry's definitely been a guy um, that if you have in fantasy, you're happy to own. Um, He's the number 12 receiver right now in PPR format, so he's, he's definitely putting in work. Um, I, I do think there's going to be a slight regression with Alex Smith, but I could be totally wrong. He could end up being a guy that gets 10 targets a game, similar to what Keenan Allen's doing there in, in Los Angeles right now. With uh, Terry, if, if you're going to try to trade for him, this is not the week. He just had a, a killer week coming out. Yes. Um, so uh, he definitely would, would love to own him. Like you said, top 12 wide receiver. Um, that passing game, I think, is going to be on the rise there. Um, but like you, you hit the nail on the head there. Like you said, his his may come from four or five catches for fifty yards total. 
But he may have a touchdown in there too. But yes, he he's very safe play. He always hits his projections. So uh, Terry McLaurin, I definitely would love to own. He's a uh, high end wide receiver too to finish this year. Um, he, he's another name though. If you're going to go out and you're trying to get him this week, you're gonna, you're going to pay an arm and a leg for him. You're going to pay up for him than what you probably want to. And and if I was in discussions with somebody trying to acquire Terry McLaurin, I would make sure that I reminded them several times. The quarterback under center no longer has a deep uh, deep ball possibility. Nobody knows what it's going to look like. My pitch to the person that owned Terry would be that of, let me take the gamble off of your hands. That way you don't have to worry about it. I'll give you X, Y, and Z pieces so you're still competitive, you're still getting whatever, but let me take the gamble. Absolutely. That would be my argument or my um way of working in a trade is I would try to trade somebody from a safer standpoint, whether it be a, a, again, we brought up Mike Williams earlier. Terry McLaurin at this point has been better. I, I, if I owned Terry McLaurin and was short at running backs, I would flip him for James Connor straight up. I would probably flip him for Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, both. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Um, Those would be names that I would, I would, I would, I would look for in a trade. Um, again, it all depends on what you need on your team versus what the other team needs. It, it, it changes things. Um, but Terry McLaurin would be a guy that you could probably get a top 15 running back for or you know, a top 20 running back and a top 30 receiver, um, things of that nature. Uh, and again, it, it, is a, it is a small gamble. It's, I won't say it's a big gamble, um, but I don't think you'll see many 50-yard touchdowns out of him the rest of this season. Absolutely not. I don't see, I don't see many more deep um... – Deep chances. Now maybe he does catch you one and run it for fifty yards after the catch. That's always a possibility. Absolutely. With him. All you gotta do is make one guy miss usually on the outside and, yep. and you got a chance. And this week, I mean this week they play Detroit, they're young corners there. You got Desmond Trufant on one side and uh Jeff Okuda on the Okuda. other who's who was the number one corner taken this yep. year. So. Um let me move in. This one's the one that's I, I feel I'm the most passionate about, and that's the tight end position. Uh, I think there's definitely a really good chance that, or a really easy way to move up and get yourself a good tight end. Um, some of them you may have to pay a premium for. Others you can probably get really cheap. Uh, and the first one I'm going to start off with is, is Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper's been banged up. I do believe he comes back after the bye week this week. I could be mistaken on that. He's the number 25 tight end right now in football, so his numbers are way down there. But he's, well, he missed he missed multiple games with after missed, surgery. Missed multiple games, but again, same argument I made for Jarvis Landry just a minute ago. Hooper's going coming into a system that is m- missing vacated targets because OBJ's gone. He's a big-bodied receiver. He's got good hands. He's fast. Uh, works the middle of the field well, and could be a guy that that takes some a lot of pressure off of Baker. Um, He'd, he'd be a guy that I, I would think you could get fairly cheap for probably, you know, a low wide receiver three even. Um, so if you have some wide receiver depth, you could get him fairly cheap, I would imagine, uh, because whoever has Austin Hooper in your league or, heaven forbid, he may be on the waiver wire after his injuries, but whoever owns him hasn't been playing him. There's no way they have been, obviously, with the injuries, and he hasn't been that great prior to. He had a couple good games. But he's somebody you could probably get fairly cheap, not have to overpay for. Yeah, and they, they run a lot of uh, two tight end sets, so he, he doesn't come off the field much, uh, right. especially coming back from the bye week. That's another week to rest up. Uh, yeah, Austin Hooper's definitely a guy I would target. I, I think he finds himself finishing in the top 12 of tight ends by the end of the year. Absolutely. And, and again, it, it's worth mentioning, um, he do, go look it up. I didn't write it down, but he does have another 
um, cake playoff schedule. He's got a, a, a chance to feast in your playoffs, and he could be a, a difference maker. And, and really, in that division, I mean, it, the Pittsburgh Steelers lost Devin Bush. So the open the middle of the field for tight ends to work is 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 mainly a, a, the way you attack those defenses in Pittsburgh and Baltimore and Indy. Yeah. That's how you have to attack them is with your tight ends and short passes and short passes to your running backs. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, Hooper Hooper plays in, in a tough division, but he might be the only thing that's open in in that division when they play against the 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 Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Um. I, I definitely think Austin Hooper is somebody you could get cheap and, and would be a big difference maker down the stretch if you don't have the Travis Kelsey, the Darren Wallers, whatever. Um, the number two that I'm going to bring up here uh, is a guy that uh, we've talked about in weeks past, uh, Noah Fant. Noah Fant has uh, had some injuries, missed some time this year. He's had some huge games when he's been there. Um, Banged up right now, too, so you can get him low. Get him low, probably. Uh, Albert O., uh, suffered an, uh, an ACL tear this this week, so he's out for the season. Which again, Drew Locke had eyes for Alberto when he was on the field, so that's vacated targets from Alberto, albeit not a lot, but that is vacated from the tight end specifically. Which Noah Fant will now be running those routes on every play rather than Alberto. Yes. So, <coughs> so I think you can get Albert or Noah Fant rather uh, fairly cheap, and again. Denver's got a, a, a very nice playoff schedule. I won't call it juicy or cake necessarily, but it, it's one that the tight end, the teams that they play majority of the playoff schedule is middle of the road against tight ends. Absolutely. No fan, no fan. He came out. He was a top 20 draft pick. He, he was he was brought into there to be a receiving tight end, to, to be one of those top five guys. In the tight end position, so yeah, Noah Fan definitely uh, try to get him low. I, I Noah Fan's got a, a good little, he's got a good thing going with uh, Drew Locke there and missing Alberto. Now they do run a lot of two tight end sets, so I couldn't even tell Nick, you who the v- Nick Vrabel. Vrabel is okay. the is the is the other one there, um, who's had some some relevant games, um, but it, it's it's the way they run the two tight ends is is similar to. Uh, how New England used to do it successfully, uh, how Baltimore did it successfully last year with Boyle and uh, Mark Andrews. And, again, Noah Fant is a speedy, big-bodied target down in the red zone, which Drew Locke, the last, I'll say, six quarters of football, has looked very good, uh, maybe starting to find his groove there. Um, he was mentioned on the value menu. Um, so if you if you – have any trust at all in the fact that Drew Locke's going to continue or uh, at least not regress, Noah Fant could be a guy that you definitely want to target. Now, the, the, the last one I'm going, to, I'm going to throw out for the tight end, he's going to be the higher price tag of the three, still not the price tag of a, of a, a Kittle when he's healthy, a Kelsey, a Waller, or even Mark Andrews probably. Uh, John U. Smith, he's had a great year this year, uh, a lot of touchdowns. He does seem to be touchdown dependent. But that offense is going to find itself in the red zone, especially with Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown. Uh, he's going to get some work, going to get some looks for touchdowns. And uh, he, he's definitely a guy. You're going to have to pay more. He's the number seven tight end currently. Um, so you will have to pay more for him than you would have the other two. Uh, but, again, tight end position, there's less premium on them. If you're not trading a Kelsey, a Kittle, or a Waller, you're not expecting a whole lot in return regardless of who it is. I mean, in that division alone, they play, what, Houston, Jacksonville, Jacksonville. and Indy, which you have to attack the middle. So, yeah, definitely John Smith is 
is is a guy I would go after. I could Johnny Smith's a guy you could easily preseason. You, you thought that he could probably sneak into the top five. And very easily could sneak into the top five to end this year. I mean, you said he's, what, number seven, seven. right so now? He's, he's right so there already. Johnny Smith is definitely a guy that has uh, Tannehill's uh, eye. So, I would go out and try to get him. Um, I'm not really sure how he performed this week. I didn't get to watch a whole lot of the Tennessee he did. Game. He did have a touchdown this week, which is why I said his, his, his price tag this week will be a little higher. Similar to what you said with Terry McLaurin earlier. Uh, you're going to pay more this week than you will for him. Uh, possibly even last week or or whatever, um, but Johnny Smith definitely worth uh, watching there. And correct me if I'm wrong, he's number seven, but he also missed one or two games, games because yes. of the COVID. Yes, yes. So, um, and I believe he may have had an injury mixed in there yes. too. And, yes. and he, so yes, he. I know he did because I was looking at the backup there one week when my when my tight end was on by. So. Yes. So it, it's uh, for Ferkser. Yes, I do Ferkser, remember that. Now we talked about that on the show. Um, Again, a tight end position is, in my mind, make or break for a team. If you're in the playoffs, you want to have a good tight end. You want to be able to say, I'm going to put this guy in my lineup. I'm going to forget it. I'm not going to second-guess things. And The only time he's moving is bye week. Yeah, no, he's going to get me 10, 15 points. I think Noah Fant, Austin Hooper, and Johnny Smith are all guys that could do that for you. Again, it just depends on what the owners of those guys are willing to pay. I'm going to throw a name out there that I would trade away from. Mark Andrews. Yes. We already talked about Lamar Jackson not being all that great. Nick Boyle's getting work. Um, Brown came. Marquise Brown came out and openly said, "Why are you not feeding me more?" So I, I think that. Oh, and then they got old Des Bryant. Don't forget about Des there. Yeah. But Mark Andrews is a name. A name value alone, you could probably get a John U. Smith straight across, and he might pay off in the long run. I, I just don't see that Baltimore offense passing. Yeah, it's also interesting. Uh, to, to note that I believe Nick Boyle outsnapped Mark Andrews this week, which is not something you saw coming. No. Um, but again, the Baltimore offense is averaging less than 200 yards passing a week. So if you're if you do have Mark Andrews, you have to hope he finds the end zone. Otherwise, you're not getting production out of him. You you didn't draft Mark Andrews to get four catches for 35 yards. That's not what he was drafted as. That's not how he played last year. Um, I, I definitely believe that he is a guy, as Walker said, you could probably even go as far as to get a a tight end of maybe Austin Hooper's caliber and another player to pair with him. Um, it's it's definitely worth noting. Um, Walker, I, I, I think it's always worth adding again. I'll say it. The tight, the trades is what makes fantasy fun. Absolutely. I, I, I you got love your draft is your your draft is your Christmas. And your favorite, and then winning it is always, you know, the big celebration. But trash talking your buddies is right there too. But that middle filler has got to be the trades. That's Absolutely. what keeps it all exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've definitely had fun talking about it uh, here with you today. Uh, as you know, we, we talk trades every, every day, whether helping your roster, my roster, somebody else's roster. Um, so trade, trades are definitely fun to me. I'm sure they're part of most leagues. Um, but let's, let's go ahead and move right on into the meal of the week. Let's let's get that talk about. There's some interesting games this week that I, I don't want to wait too long before we get into. There you go. I'm going to start off right into my appetizer of the week. My appetizer of the week is the 49ers playing the New Orleans Saints. Uh, it's a 50-point over-under. Obviously, there's not a whole lot of Niners to talk about. Uh, James over there uh, could possibly be the number one wide receiver again. Um, in that game, he could end up because he might be the only thing that's getting anything. Um, another name there is uh, Jordan Reed could possibly come back. Yeah. Last week he came off the IR. 
I th- they played Thursday. Yeah. He came off the IR Wednesday. He didn't get much practice in. Jordan Reed's a name that's going to fill in for Kittle. Do I think he does Kittle things? Absolutely not. But he is capable of putting up Kittle-type numbers. Sure. Um, then you go over to the New Orleans side. you got your Kamara, who should run all over that defense or catch passes all over the defense. Uh, with Kamara, uh, you got to be wary of the Latavius Murray because – they're in playoff contention. They own the tiebreakers on on Tampa Bay. They're they're number one in the NFC right now. With Kamara, I I, I could see them lowering his workload a lot, and I think we saw it a lot this week. Uh, Murray was out there a lot more. Now, mind you, they were blowing out Tampa Bay, and that could happen again. Uh, but I think Latavius Murray's a a, a a possible flex start this week in that matchup. Um, and then you got Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas gets back on track this week. There's no one there that covered him. Yeah. Uh, uh, Richard, Richard Sherman, Sherman is supposed to be yeah. coming back. But once again, he's coming off an injury. You can't expect him to go right in and cover a Michael Thomas week one back from an injury. So uh, roll out. Um, uh, Jordan Reed, I think, is a very valuable tight end play there. Uh, that might be the only thing worth noting on the 49er side. But your New Orleans Saints, I think I think you could start Latavius Murray. I think you could start your Alvin Kamara's, obviously. Your Michael Thomas. You might even be able to throw out Emmanuel Sanders there. I think you start Drew Brees as well. Absolutely. Drew Brees came out this week and, and looked great again. He didn't have to do much, but that is a good defense in Tampa Bay, and he made them look silly. And you could throw out Jared Cook, too, there. Absolutely. you got two tight ends that have valuable uh, – when you when you look at a tight end, you want seven to seven to twelve points is, is where you want your tight end. More than twelve points is you're talking elite status then. So I think both of those guys could easily hang up twelve points. Uh, the Niners will be playing from behind. So uh, if if Kendrick Bourne is, is is back out, like I said, I, I believe I saw he went back on the COVID list. Debo's out there. Those guys you can throw out there. I wouldn't expect huge numbers out of them, but they will be playing from behind. Yeah, okay, so um, my dessert of the week is going to be... Uh, appetizer, Bob. My appet- appetizer, <laughs> sorry, you're right. My appetizer is going to be Luton-free. Uh, it's uh, Jake Luton and the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, not necessarily a premier uh, quarterback battle because you don't really expect Jake Luton to come out and do what Jake Luton did to uh, Houston, but he did do it. Huge guy, big in stature. Uh, add, add that Jacksonville team looking better than uh, Garner Minshew has all season, I will argue, with anybody until I'm blue in the face. Uh, then obviously on the other side of the ball, um, Aaron Jones should be healthy this week after coming back from his uh, his uh, mini bye week, I guess, since you'll say that they played Thursday and he had a small workload. A small uh, workload, although it was the same as normal. <laughs> it was, yes. But um, uh, I, I think uh, Green Bay probably routes Jacksonville. Um, but there is names on both sides of the, of the ball that you have to start. You have to start James Robinson. Green Bay hasn't proved that they can stop the run at all this year. Uh, again, Kamara's torched them. Uh, Dalvin Cook demolished them. Um, Absolutely. You could be looking at James Robinson as a top five back this week. You could, yeah. You definitely you are going to start your DJ Chark. Uh, you're not going to hesitate to start uh, uh, Devontae Adams. You're not going to hesitate to start Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to hesitate to start Aaron Jones. Uh, I know somebody you've been waiting to come back uh, for quite a while is Alan Lazard, and he should be back this week for that game. And with Lazard, it's almost worth noting that you may want to roll him out because right now Green Bay's a 14-point favorite. If that game gets into a ridiculous blowout, you could see Alan Lazard taking over that number one spot. Mind you, he may be playing with a backup quarterback, but I think Lazard's going to see a lot of targets. Uh, I don't think he's going to come back into the number two role. Uh, he, he has an uphill battle. But I think that if he's healthy enough, which he was to come back this Thursday, they just didn't want to clear him, which they didn't need to. 
Um, I think Green. I could. I could definitely see Lazard putting up very fantasy relevant numbers this week. Uh, Valdez Scantling's another name. I don't want you to forget. I think he had two touchdowns this past week. Jacksonville doesn't have anybody that can cover anybody. Valdez Scantling could be another decent start. You could probably start three receivers it, on Green Bay side. MVS is a very, very much a boomer bust play though. If you start him, you have to be okay with the fact he may get you goose eggs. Exactly. He could go for twenty, or he could go for zero. You got to be okay with either one if you're gonna if you're gonna trot him out there. So I'm gonna jump into my meal of the day, my meal or my meal of the week. My main course here is the highest scoring over under this week is Baltimore or sorry Buffalo and Arizona fifty six point over under. Start your boys. Start your Hopkins. He had a down week last week. That happens from time to time. Sergeant Hopkins, I think Kenyon Drake might be back, uh, which we saw Chase Edmonds took over the workload last week, and he, he looked just as bad as Kenyon Drake has. Yeah. But he got the hor- he got the load. I think those backs have to have each other in order to complement that system enough. So I think you can start Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake. Um, I honestly uh, – Kenyon Drake has proved he was the goal line back because he started getting touchdowns. Um, let's see, uh, Christian Kirk, you can start there. Buffalo – you got White, who's probably – odds are he's going to shadow Hopkins, but you can't guard Hopkins. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see how Patrick <laughs> Peterson versus Stephon Diggs and, and Tredavious White against Hopkins looks. Absolutely, and I'm, I'm going to jump right into that. You say uh, Peterson on Diggs, start John Brown. The number two wide receiver has burnt Buffalo quite a bit. So we did not see it this past week. Uh, Seattle, I don't know what the hell they were doing. But – I'm sorry, against Arizona. I apologize. Preston Williams did burn the second corner there. Um, so, but yeah, I would definitely roll out, roll out um, John Brown this week. As as fun as it's going to be to watch those those elite corners cover those uh, elite receivers, it's going to be even funner to watch Josh Allen versus Kyler Murray. Two top five cornerbacks or quarterbacks in fantasy this year. Both of them are balling out. They both looked great last week. Let's see if that continues. And they both play a line that loves to rush, that gets that gets back into the backfield. So you're going to see a lot of rushing out of those two. Also, you're going to see a lot of scramble drills. That's going to be a fun, fun game to watch this week. Yeah, my my uh, my uh, main dish of this week is uh, rather than telling you the two names of the teams, I'm going to tell you it's Justin Herbert. Versus Tua Tagovailoa. Get you a little, get you a little rookie on rookie there. Absolutely. Which quarterback rookie is better? Tua came out and showed that his team was better than Kyler last week. Whether it be a fluke or not, I don't know. Miami's defense seems to be the real deal. Uh, Los Angeles's offense has seemed to be the real deal. What things to keep your eye on in that game? What running back takes the backfield for the Chargers? Is it Justin Jackson coming back? Is it Kalen Balaj again? Is it Joshua Kelly this week? Interesting uh, thing to keep your eye on there. you got to look at the Miami running backs, too. Who's going to come out in Miami, too? Absolutely. Uh, then you've got Keenan Allen against that great secondary there in uh, Miami. Uh, but really, again, uh, the only thing that really needs to be said about this game that, that makes it worth watching is Justin Herbert versus Tua. That's what has my eye in that game this week. That's really all I need to say. You got these two rookies going at it. My, I'm really interested in this game, too, because I want to see how Herbert does against those two powerful corners, that good safety there, that good defense in Miami. Can he keep it up? Can they finally win in the fourth quarter? Can they do it? That is an amazing, amazing I, I, game this week. I, I hope they don't <coughs> win in the fourth quarter because them losing in the fourth quarter makes my Falcons look a hell of a lot better. <laughs> so my dessert of the week is uh, not tasty team names that you normally would uh, expect to hear. Uh, the Texans play the Browns this week. Uh, high scoring, 53.5 points is the over-under. So it's going to be a high-scoring game. There's not a whole lot of defense on either side of the ball. 
You got, I mean, you got your J.J. Watt, who's always there. But uh, Texans, if David Johnson doesn't play, Duke Johnson is the only running back I think they really have on the roster worth noting. I don't think anybody else is going to be able to come in and take take snaps from him. Um, if David Johnson's back, I think he gets a full load. Um, Will Fuller should feast this week. <laughs> Absolutely. Brandon Cooks and Fuller both should have decent decent weeks. Uh, I definitely could see Fuller getting a nice long bomb. Then you go over to the Brown side of the ball. You already hit it. Austin Hooper's coming back. He's got another week to rest. There's not a whole lot in the middle of that Texans defense. That and you get stop. the return of Nick Chubb. And you get the return of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt against – the Texans defense. So, absolutely, uh, start them all. Uh, Chubb, I don't see him getting his normal load. I see them easing him in. Probably uh, so. Because look what happened with Christian McCaffrey. Yep. He came back from high ankle sprain, and he got hurt again. So, I don't think we want to see that with many more backs this year. Yeah, no, I, I think that game will be another fun one to watch. Uh, again, I also I, I, I tend to, to, to lean that way when I'm looking at a, at a matchup. You have two former Heisman winners playing in that game, Baker Mayfield versus Deshaun Watson. One's been great in the NFL, one's been lacking. Did you start Baker this week? No. Okay. No, I don't. Uh, because I don't know if Baker clears the COVID protocol. He is he is uh, unable to watch for that if he plays. Uh, my dessert of the, of the week to wrap us up here is the Monday night game, divisional game, um, Minnesota versus Chicago. You got that nasty defense in Chicago. Uh, it'll be Khalil Mack versus uh, Dalvin Cook. Let's see which one hits who at the hole and which one goes the other way. Um, definitely a, a fun game to watch. I think it's going to be a, a more of a defensive battle than offensive. Uh, you got two quarterbacks there that I'm not really intrigued by either one. Kirk Cousins, Nick Foles. Um, David Montgomery, worth noting, may not play this week. If he doesn't play, is it Cordell Patterson? Who, who gets the carries there? Um, but uh, again, you got Allen Robinson, you got Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. There is some names there. Now, I'm going to go out and I'm going to talk about that game, too. Uh, I think the Adam Thielen, he plays against a tough secondary. So, I mean, he'll be rough to go. Justin Jefferson may be the top-scoring wide receiver on that Minnesota team this week. He could be a very, very good play. And, I mean, obviously in that game, the only people I'm feeling 100% comfortable with starting is Allen Robinson because the targets are always there. Uh, the rise of Anthony Miller is another name to note. Um, I don't think I'd start him this week. But, uh, yeah, you got your Allen Robinson, you're definitely going to want to start. Your Dalvin Cook, you can't sit. And Justin Jefferson, I think those are the only three that I would honestly feel extremely comfortable with playing. Um, Thielen's going to play uh, um, Fuller. It will we'll cover yep. him probably most of the yep. game. So, yeah, that could be a defensive battle. But then again, that game could also turn into a shootout. A shootout. It, it absolutely could. Both, de- of, both defenses have been suspect at least once or twice this year. And divisional game. They know each other. They know each other. There's, there's, I'm sure there's some bad blood on each side there. It'll be a fun game to watch. Absolutely. Well, I think that about wraps it up here for the Double Bs here. Uh, thanks for listening. And remember, always stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends.